What's going on, you fucking fiends? Welcome back to the second episode of Schmied and Caffeine with Nicole, Liz, and yours truly. What's up, guys? What is up, my dudes? Oh, today's gonna be a really difficult episode. Yeah, because we've been struggling for 30 <laughs> minutes already, <laughs> trying to get this shit started. Uh, we've wasted almost all of our comedic energy. We all got a case of the gigs. Yeah. But good news, though, we're not sitting in sweltering hot yeah, heat. We, we fucking got that shit fixed today. Finally. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so loud, though, but I would trade the noise over a working air conditioner over the heat and silence. So, go ahead and keep crunching that water bottle. It barely ASMR. crunched. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to the next episode of Shmeet and Caffeine ASMR edition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just jokes, just jokes. Um, no, but we do have a very, uh, very interesting tissue-grabbing break-in-between podcast. It's interesting to me only because we're, like, already fucking in our laughing attitudes, our laughing moods, and our topic today is not lighthearted, you know? It's the um, type of shit you keep buried down for years. Yeah, our topic today is um, from me, and it's uh, childhood trauma and narcissistic parents. But good thing is, is I make it funny because I've learned how to turn my trauma into just jokes. To deliver it to other people. I and smoke and drink my pain away, so can't relate. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> just jokes. But just I jokes. can relate. Just jokes. Oh, okay. Not, just not jokes. really, but just jokes. Just jokes, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so before, grab your, grab your weed, take your sip, and let's fucking do this shit. Take a hit, take a sip. Yeah. Oh my god, there's a bug. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Oh my god, there's a fly. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Dead now, bitch. I don't think you got him. I don't think so either. Well then. Alright, well, he's dead, just like my emotions. Alright. So... Um, with these, um, episodes where we have it centered around one person, um, one person's gonna basically tell the tale, and the other two are gonna listen, try not to cry, and weigh in when they can. Sound good? I don't cry. Okay. (laughs) Can't relate. I've seen you on the brink. (laughs) The cat in the background. (laughs) Baby girl. She's like, me too. I'm upset. <laughs> These are dark times. I mean, if she can't have the dick, you know. Oh, no, no dick. Yeah, no more fucking children. All right, without further ado, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. So, I have taken the liberty of discussing, or not discussing, defining what childhood trauma is so if you guys don't know it or you don't know anything feel free to elaborate i have bullet points written down and i'm going to um be referring to my own instances and telling brief stories along the way because if i told them in full length this podcast would be like six hours long 
Good. I don't think none of you want that. No. So, childhood trauma is trauma unresolved, or it's trauma, or I'm sorry, it's unresolved emotion with a long-term impact. And then, going along with the theme of childhood trauma and narcissistic parents, a narcissist is a disorder in which a person has an inflated sense of self-importance, i.e. my father. So... Yes. So, <clears throat> there are many signs, many different aspects. Everybody's childhood trauma is different. Logan, not Logan, Logan's over on the couch. Gino, your childhood trauma is different than mine, whereas Liz is different than yours. Everybody has some form of childhood trauma, and if you don't, well, you're a lucky one. Yeah, for real. I am. <clears throat> What? Nothing. Continue. No, elaborate. Yeah. I don't got no traumas. Oh. Okay, well, Liz. Well, <laughs> fuck. I guess we're the only <laughs> ones here. Okay, so, um, signs your trauma, your childhood was traumatic. Um, you bottle up emotions for so long, a minor inconvenience causes them to explode. How many times have I just been going along and then I drop something and I'm just like, fuck, and then I start crying? Or like something in a TV show will See, make me cry and I'm just like, I cry way harder than I need to because sometimes you just need to cry. See, like, I don't remember a time where I've seen you cry unless, you know, we were watching Grey's Anatomy and like, yeah. Or NCIS. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that shit fucks you up. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, but other than that, like, I feel like I can, like, I feel like that a lot, and I work at McDonald's whenever, like, something just triggered me, I'm just, like, I can't, like, even if I'm trying to stop crying, I can't stop crying. For sure. Yeah. I've had those where, like, I get in my car sometimes, and I just, like, Cry. Holy shit. I get in my car sometimes, just blast my music, and I'm just like <laughs> singing along yeah. with the song and just <laughs> yeah. melting down. Yeah, no, I felt that. And then um, next on the list, you bottle up. Oh, wait, that's the first one. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> feeling guilty for people treating you badly or feeling guilty when anyone does something nice for you. Like, so, like I'm very much the type of person that there's another bug um that when somebody does something nice for me i'm like no you don't have to like stop don't do anything stop it stop i'm that way like like for you instant like you know just for an example like you paying for my food that's just me like well i can't i can't no why 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 yeah and i have to be like get in the fucking car bitch we're going to jack in the box I swear to God. And then you're just like, you're not bringing your card. Yeah, but then, like, on the flip side, when it's, like, reversed, I'm like, I don't have any money. And you're like, did I ask if you had money? That makes me feel bad for, like, a split second. And then I'm like, well, I am hungry. So. <laughs> so Please, uh, may I have some more? <laughs> holds Wait. out hands, gets on knees. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... And another one that I definitely can relate to is being very independent and hating the idea 
or being embarrassed, asking for money or accepting help. Oh, I fucking hate asking for money. Because, um, like, it just makes me feel, like, weak. Like, I'm a very independent person, and I don't like asking for help until people are like, you need help. And I'm like, uh, I'm fine. Like, I will, I, I will, I'm fine the fuck out of everybody. Yeah. And just go, like, shut myself I in think, my room. I think we've just gotten to that point as roommates is, like, hey, like, I need a little help with rent this month. Yeah. If you squeeze, you know, my like, hand, I'll squeeze your hand, you know, like, yeah. exactly. Like, we share groceries. Like, there's no problem in that. And the more I've like, gotten older, the more I've learned to, like, accept, accept it. it and be more open to communication. Because when I was younger, there was no communicating. It was like, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it. And if it's not done right, you're either going to get your ass busted or you're going to do it again and then get your ass busted. Like, there was no communication in that. And communication's big. Like, I remember being, like, four years old. And my dad was like, go clean your room. And I was like, okay. And so I started to clean my room. And then I got sidetracked by all the toys. (laughs) You know, as kids do. Yeah. And then he snuck up behind me and scared me. And I peed my pants because he scared me. And then, I mean, you can laugh. It's funny, kind of. Um, and then he scared me, and I peed my pants, and then he got mad because I peed my pants, and he picked me up and threw me in the bathroom and told me to clean myself up. That shit As a four-year-old. Yeah. Like, there was no, like, hey, go clean your room. Like, hey, let's go clean your room and go sit and be like, okay, where does this go? Where does this go? There was no, like, character building. He there was, was no... basically, like, fucking do it. Yeah. You should know how to do this. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, most four year olds, like, they will get sidetracked. Right, you know, and I mean, they're children. Honestly, at four years old, who fucking never cleaned their room? I know I never cleaned my fucking room. Well, I had to. I was in a fucking foster home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fears of abandonment. Like, I try not to get attached to somebody because when I get attached, I tend to get attached quickly. And then if, like, we're not friends anymore or like we stop talking or if I like I'm talking to somebody new and then like they just ghost me like one why would you do that to somebody just ghost them and then two like I just feel super shitty about myself and then I immediately go through the checklist of like what did I do wrong how could I have done that better what's wrong with me why does nobody want me like that whole checklist and then I go I I feel that way for like one or two days and then I'm fine or as fine as I can be depending on how attached I was to that person like I went through those instances with my dad even just two years ago when I stopped talking to him again Mm -hmm. because of reasons right there was a moment that I was like well what if it was my fault what what didn't I do that I could have done better what is it about me that he doesn't like like those kind of things I mean you see that's all that's all built like through your like through your childhood and through your upbringing though you know yeah it was basically ingrained into me yeah Yeah, so like like oh Craig's unhappy oh I just name dropped him oh everybody knows like what did I do like why is he mad at me and that's another bullet point on here. It go it goes into this one. Well, um, like going in with that, like, yeah, my childhood, 
like up until the point where I was adopted like it was just me asking questions like like why didn't my mom want me why didn't my nana want me why didn't my uncles want me you know like it was it was a lot of that for me growing up only because like I was adopted and like I didn't have my biological family there and it was always me up until the point where my mom died like it was just me asking all these questions like why didn't she want me why don't why aren't there any baby pictures of me like I don't yeah. like there are only pictures of me up until like I was the first picture I ever saw of me is when I was four years old so there's like no baby pictures of me and I will never get to know that yeah mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of shitty and even now like I'm pretty sure you can relate to like you'll be just going along throughout your day and then all of a sudden you're like why didn't she want me yeah like I have those moments where I'm like I wonder what he's doing like I wonder how he is and then I'm like he's probably not wondering the same fucking thing about me so why should I care but I know like I like to pretend like a small little like a little sliver of me like doesn't care about him but I mean like and then there's there's people that'll be like, well, he's still your dad. No, he's not. He was never my dad. He's, he's my dad. father, but he's not my dad. But there will always be a little sliver of me that's still like, what's he up to? Like, does he miss me? Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then it puts me down mm-hmm. for, like, an hour or two, and then I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, the world doesn't stop. Right. Because of what he's got going on or what he doesn't have going on. And, like, my life's more important than stopping and worrying about him. Right. Because, I mean, there's nothing anybody can really do. No. I mean, that's that's kind of how it was, like, when I was in, like, when I was, like, a kid, too, with, like, with my dad and everything. I mean... You know, he was he was in and out of my life for years, and then finally when I was 12, he just up and left completely. And, I mean, I like, I mean, at that, like, I mean, I was just wondering, you know, like, like, why? You know, like, why does he not want me? Does he not care about me? Like, like this, that, and the third. And, I mean, later on, I just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that way now. I could really, I could care less, you know? I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, think if you're not gonna make time for me, like, uh, like, and not want to be a part of my life, I, like, I mean, okay, why should I cool. give? Why should, yeah. I, why should I? Why should I give a shit? You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't need you because, like, the analogy that I use is like, you have a cup and he has a cup, and his cup is bottomless. And the more you keep pouring your cup into his, like, what do you have left? At the end of the day, you're gonna have nothing. Right. And so that <clears throat> leaves you with what two empty cups and a lot of hurt feelings. Exactly. So, um, moving on to the next one is trying to rescue or save people. Like, bad relationships, you're like, oh, well, this and this and this is wrong with them, but I can definitely change them. I can definitely save them. I feel like you you specifically have done that a lot with, a, like, not in a bad way. Like, you're just trying to help them out and, like, you know. Like, friends yeah, or, exactly. you know. Like, work stuff. Like, yeah. someone comes to you and they're just like, Nicole, blah, I need blah, you blah, to pick blah. up my shift. And I'm like, okay. Like, you know, and then I end up tiring myself out. Or, you know. And, like, like you I, I always get like the to, benefits of yeah, it. Yeah, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But in the end, I always get up, get, like, 
my ass chewed or like I always get bit in the ass for it. So right. <clears throat> yeah, I used I used to do the same. I used to do some of that too once upon a time, but I mean, I don't know. Like I mean, that's that's one that's one big the biggest thing about me is like I've I've really ch- like changed for the better over the years. Just like you know, just taking a step back every once in a while, looking at the bigger picture, you know, and just realizing what's worth it and what's not. And I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, that's all you really can do. You know, I mean, if it doesn't benefit you in any way, or like if that like say it's say it's a person you know like i mean if they don't benefit you in your life like if they don't help you through through situations if they don't offer you help if they're not like around for whatever or down like to you know like down for you no matter what like i mean what's the point in having them there like if they're if all they're doing is just leeching money off of you or like like shit certain shit like that or just like using you for a ride or something like there's no there's no fucking point in being with them like being like cooling with them you know like there's no point in having them around did you just say being cooling with them being cool with them oh i thought you meant like being cooling with them and i was like did you not remember the word for chilled (laughs) 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 nah bro that's like my sober (laughs) my sober eggnog i think this is a time where you need to take that sip take that hit yeah, and we'll have a little uh, a little pocket of positivity. So the other day, I was in Target, and I spent way more money than I needed to, right? So... I typically do the same shit. Yeah. Continue. So continue. I was going over to the where they have, like, the iced coffee and stuff, and I was like, shit, they already got eggnog out. And so it was the alcoholic eggnog, and I was like, I fucks with it. So I was telling Liz and Gino the story of how I bought alcoholic eggnog but i was like i bought the the non-sober the not sober version of eggnog and they were like the fucking alcoholic version and i was like there you go that one so now it's a running joke of when something is non-alcoholic we refer to it as sober sober. (laughs) hey that's not hey that milk's not alcoholic give him a shot He's not alcohol. Are you lit right now? No, you're not. Get this man a shot. Okay. So then the next little nugget of, um, I don't know what you call this. Okay. So the next, the next bullet point, the next, the next nugget, um, (coughs) my cat cough. So, um, always feeling like you need to prove your worth or prove that you are worthy to be loved. Crickets. <laughs> yeah, I can't relate to that. Okay. I can relate to that. Well, fortunately, but not unfortunately. I don't like to say it, but I always felt like the guys in the house were always more appreciated yeah like i was the one to get the kids on the bus you were very much in a woman a woman like a 1950s women's role of you do the cooking do the cleaning do the laundry get the kids up off to school get ready on top of doing your homework your sports your things that you wanted to do and yeah i can go i can go back to that yeah, Because like, when uh, I was in high school, I did the same thing, except for it was only me, and I had to... I mean, I didn't have to, but it was kind of like... I was the one that had to cook dinner most of the time. 
I mean, I did my own laundry, but... Well, I did my own laundry in the sense that I was doing everyone's laundry. Oh, well, I mean, I never really did my my mom's laundry growing up. Like, when it was all three of, like, me and my brothers in the house, like, on Sundays were the laundry days where we all had to, like, shovel out our clothes hampers and sort them out. And then all of our laundry got combined, but later on after they moved out, it was just kind of like I was not on my own, but like it was my responsibility to make sure I was up in the morning, dressed, fed, went outside, fed the horses, make sure I had clean clothes, like came home, made sure the chores were done. And then, you know, most of the time cook dinner and then go in and do my homework and make sure the horses were fed at the end of the night, that kind of thing. See, like, I feel like once I started dating Logan and I was, like, gone for, like, you know, a week at a time, my parents started getting, like, they're, they were probably most likely worried, but it was also, it felt like nothing was getting done at the house because I wasn't there, you know? Yeah. Um, so the next nugget is, um... I don't know if you can relate to this, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but I definitely relate to this. Being afraid of men. I cannot relate to this only because I grew up with two men. Like, I have two dads. So, like, I was never afraid of men like that. Like, I wasn't scared to be around other, you know, grown-ass men. Like, I was always cautious. The only, like... And the next little nugget goes into the first one, or this one. Um, So, loud noises and yelling. Like, up until... It wasn't until I got, like, well into my adulthood where, like, if a man yelled at me, I would just instantly start crying. I would just break down and start crying. Because when I was younger, like, I would... He would yell at me, and to the point where I would just cry. Right. Because it was just so angry and hateful anytime he yelled so that's just like even now like loud noises like I'm like oh my god and I jump and I get ready to fight like you know what scares me more than like loud like it's a loud noise police sirens really only because like my earliest memory was us being hauled out by police officers oh okay See, like, I, I've never been, like, afraid of police. I've never been afraid of police, just the sirens and the oh, colors. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I hate to say it, but, like, that was kind of, like, the norm for us. Not so much the sirens, but, like, law enforcement in general, because... Oh, well, yeah, because he was fucking he, father. Yeah, he was always doing some fuck shit. Like, um, there was one time we went to Texas with me, my brother, him... And our stepmom at the time, and I thought we were just going to Texas to just have a vacation. No, they had planned to take us to Texas and live there. So my mom was waiting at the drop-off point for hours and hours. And nobody could find us. And so then we had to come back, and I remember us coming back, and there was, like, officers outside, and there was just a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I don't remember too much about that night. I think I was in, like third or fourth grade but I just remember her like grabbing my face and touching my face because like and she was like hysteric because the thought of losing your kids I guess yeah like so you're saying your dad fucking kidnapped you pretty much yeah 
And we, like, the only thing is I really remember about being in Texas that time is, like, we were going to a wedding. And so I just remember being at the wedding and, like, dancing and having a good time. But I don't remember a whole lot of anything else. And then, like, years later I found out that he, that was, like, basically his attempt to try to, like, kidnap us. But Hmm. use a better term of relocating. Illegally. <laughs> Alright. So yeah. Um he borrowed us. Oh, yeah. Borrowed without permission. Yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, no. Going going back to your points, I'm scared of men, can't relate to that. I'm not really scared of nobody. I mean I don't know. Like, I mean, no nobody's really really scary to me. Like, I mean the only person I can really can like that's not really scary but more or less a little intimidating it has to be my granddad mostly mostly because oh i I love my granddad i mean both of them when he gets pissed he gets fucking pissed oh yeah like like pissed pissed i think i've only seen my granddad and so my mom's dad like truly pissed off like twice in my life and it's not like he yelled or anything like that. He just, like, threw his hat and then, like, walked outside. <laughs> and then, like, five minutes later, he came back in and him and my grandma, like, apologized to each other and they talked it through. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, after 40-something years of marriage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you not slam the door? Stupid fucking neighbors. Okay. So the last little nugget on this piece is um, I don't like being touched unless I want you to touch me. Oh, yeah, there have been times where I was just like, Nicole, do you want to hug? And she's, like, crying. And she'll just be like, no. Yeah. Or, like, one time randomly I came out and I looked at her and she was like, what? And I just hugged her and she was just like... Yeah, I was shocked. Are you okay? "Um, There's obviously something wrong if you're hugging me. (laughs) Because she does not like to be touched. And, you know, I don't either. Like, it... Ooh. I hate when, like, people are trying to calm me down and they hold on to me. Like, that just makes me more fucking triggered. Like, can you, like, I just need to be able to breathe Mm -hmm. and, like, fucking cry it out. Yeah. Like, just let me cry it out. Or, like, another, like, triggering, (coughs) like, excuse me, triggering thing is when I'm walking and you, like, are in front of me and then I go to the, I go one way and you go that way and then I try to go the other way and you go that way and I'm, like, just stop. Like, I can't handle being blocked in. Like, I've gotten better about it. I'm just like, pick one, pick one, left or right, pick one. But he used to do that. Hmm. And, like, it's that, like, feeling of being trapped. That's why I don't like being hugged. I don't really like being touched. I don't, like, I'm just like, let me do my thing. And if I want to hug, I'll hold out my arms. If I, you know, like, when I'm saying goodbye to family or whatever, you know, it's customary for a hug and, you know, like, you know, goodbye. Um, or like a friend that you haven't seen in a while, you know, you hug them, but I, I'm not the type of person that somebody just walks up to me and they're like, hug. Like I used to work with a girl all the time. Whenever she'd see me, she'd be like, hi. And like, I'm like, stop touching me. And I would tell her, I was like, I don't like to be hugged. I don't like to be touched. And she's like, well, I'm going to hug you anyways. I'm like, well, I'm going to knock your fucking tooth out. Like, (laughs) leave me alone. So. Remember when. When uh, Chingding used to do that. What? Just come up randomly behind people and just hug them. He never hugged me. Well, yeah, I know, because he's scared of you. 
Because <laughs> he's scared of you. He knows if he he knew if he were to do that, you would have turned around and gave him a gave him a nice little shine on his eye. He always hits my bun, and I cannot fucking stand that shit. He's just like bloop, and you're like stop. I'll just give him a nice little tit smack. He'll fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there was one time when I was in the airport, right? And, like, whenever I go to the airport, I'm always in, like, comfy clothes, like, jeans, a t-shirt, you know? Easy slip-on and off shoes, and my hair's always in a bun. So I was leaving, I think, Texas. And the lady was like, uh, I need to grab your bun. So, like, it shows that there's something in there. And I was like, okay. And she, like, just, like, chicka, chicka, chicka on my bun. Like, she was just, like, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And I was like, now I think you're just playing with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's nothing in there. I promise you. Um, so. The next little nugget is um, being ignored or thinking somebody's mad at you. And then immediately going into that fight or flight response. So, like, for me, that would mean, like, anytime, like, for instance, my mom um, there was an instance where I accidentally, on purpose, told her to shut the hell up, and she ignored me for, like, a week, and I, like, every day I was like, here, mom, how are you doing, mom, or I'd, like, go in and, like, sit on her bed and, like, watch whatever she was watching, and then, like, I was like, oh, like, a little piece of me got crushed. Oh, yeah, I've definitely had those situations with her Like, parents. the silent treatment, I cannot stand it. Like, it just makes me, like, and there was, a like, it was just recently, it was, like, a month or so ago where I thought she was mad at me. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? What are you watching? Oh, that's cool. Was I mad? No, you were just, like, I think you were, like, you had just woken up or something. Oh, yeah. And I'm I had come out I'm not a morning here. person. Neither am I. Like, I'm going to literally hate my life. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but no. if it's anything, like... Like, you literally said the office has fucking nap areas. Yeah, but we're not going back to the office till January, so, yeah, so I'm, the I'm living room is my nap area. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I, don't, I don't like the silent treatment either, but I don't know. At this, at this point, it's happened to me so many times, I'm like, you know what? Let's make a game. Let's make a game out of it. Let's see. Like who can who, stay, let's see. Let's see who can stay silent the longest. Who can play fuck you better? Yeah. Let's see who can play fuck yeah. you better. Me and my brother do that, like, whenever, like, we get into a fight, and we won't talk, and then none of, neither one of us will apologize to each other, and one of us will send a text message, like, totally off the wall, and it'll be like, hey, so, I was just thinking about something today, and I was gonna run it by you, and then it's like, what? And then, like, you're mad for two seconds, and then you're just like in it like you can't be mad anymore um side note uh we gave the cat catnip and it wasn't a small amount it, yeah that was my bad <laughs> he is rolling over there so. <laughs> <laughs> his eyes are so dilated you're straight fucking tweaking right now guys all right so i think that's um uh, take that hit take that sip because <laughs> um, Gibbs he, did. <laughs> yeah, because he fucking did. If you got a blunt or a joint or a pipe, face that shit right now. Or if you got if you got an energy drink, 
fucking shotgun that shit yeah. right now. There was one time. If you got coffee, take a battle, chug of that shit right now. There was this one time this bitch literally fucking told me that her and Ethan shotgun. Yeah, I taught him how to shotgun an energy drink, and I texted oh, my dude. brother like right after, and I was like, I do not feel well. Oh, dude, shotgunning, I was shotgunning like, energy drinks fucking. Hurt. I was like. Oh. I'm in danger. (laughs) And I came home and I was like, I don't feel good at all. And she told me. And I was like, are you fucking trying to kill yourself? Maybe. Yeah, Yeah, literally that's what you (laughs) answered. Maybe. Shotgunning energy drinks hurt. Yes. Your mind, body, and soul. My stomach was upset first and then my chest was like, I've never (laughs) even shotgunned anything in my life. It's fun. You should try it. It is fun. I, I think I'm good. Um, so another thing that makes me uncomfortable or pisses me off is when people tell me you had to grow up early. Like, you had to grow up so fast. So, like, my childhood got taken away from me. And now I feel like, like I was so robbed of a childhood. Not all the time, but 90% of the time I was robbed of my childhood because I had to take care of something or I had to feel like I couldn't be a kid and people would tell me all the time oh just be a kid and I'm like I can't because I have this to do I have this to do I have this to do I I, I can't do that like and now it's one of those I stress about stress before there's even stress to stress about like there's no me being in my because like some some people when they don't have a childhood in their childhood they'll use their 20s to live out their childhood but I don't do that like I don't go places I don't like I'm not like, uh, I have $4 to my name. Like, I physically can't do that. It stresses me out. See, like, I feel you in that way because, like, I feel like my parents felt like I was lashing out when I turned 18. Like, yeah. I was doing things I wasn't doing before. And it was, it, it was not so much as I wasn't doing it. It was more like I didn't show that I wanted to have, you know, a fucking life, you know? Like, I was in school. I was working. I was Mm -hmm. doing house chores and all this shit. And I just wanted to be a kid. Because even, like, at the age of four, like, we were taken away from our parents. And that already takes a little bit out of your childhood. Like, you don't get to grow up with your parents. But then, you know... Obviously, I love my family. I love my parents. But also, at the same time, I just felt like I was always the one to get shit done. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. rhymed. And, like... <laughs> I'm sorry. Even now, like, when me and my brother were kids, um, we would get along at some points. But for the most part, we fought constantly. We fought all the time. And it was, like, mean and it was hateful. And a lot of it spiraled from what was going on. Especially when he lived with my mom and I lived with my dad. And my dad wasn't talking to him and like I would go over to my mom's for the weekend or when like he moved out and he was in the Marine Corps like that was when we started growing our relationship but it wasn't until a couple years ago when he got with his current girlfriend when he got with Dakota or fiance I should say um, that we really started having a relationship and like don't get me wrong there's been a lot of ups and downs and there's been moments where we're like fuck you fuck you and then we get in fights like we cannot live together now we tried that and dakota was like can't we all just get along and we were like no fuck you (laughs) and then i moved out and it's been 
been pretty great so far. I mean, now, like, we'll have little moments of, yes, I'm going to eat a carrot. If you hear crunch, <laughs> that's what it's from. I'm hungry. Yeah, but, like, at the end of the day, like, he knows I would drop pretty much anything for him. And, you know, the good thing about it is, is even though, like, in a sense, the system did fail us. Because there was a lot of sketchy shit that was happening be- behind the scenes that not a lot of people saw or they didn't want to see. Um, we both lived through that. And now when we're... There's a fucking bug. Now... <laughs> That's like the third time. <laughs> I know. A fucking bug. Bugs. Um, but yeah, no. So even now, like, he knows that if I need help, he'll help me. Or, like, he'll talk me through whatever I need talking through or you know vice versa like he'll call me and he'll be like hey like I need help and I'm like all right cool and then we have like a special little code word that we used yeah I literally was about to say that don't say it I'm not gonna say (laughs) I can't say it yeah because then everybody will use it yeah no we can't say it yeah so um another little nugget going down the list is for me personally I don't know if either of you have experienced it but um I would listen especially when my mom and my dad were still together so when I was super young or even when I was in middle school and my mom was married to my stepdad like I would always listen to their fights like I would listen to their like you know their arguments and see like if it's getting bad because then there was one time where I, I jumped in and I tried to help my mom. But, like, me trying to help her was her trying to help me and, like, push me out of the way. Because she was trying to, like, make sure I was safe. And at the same time, I was trying to make sure she was safe. So, it was always, like, I would always listen. And I don't know if my brother did, too. I bet you he probably did. Because um, we've both been in some pretty sketchy situations where we've had to, like... And that goes into the next one where, like, you're always living on high alert or you're always waiting for, like, the next shoe to drop. So, like, what's going on next? Like, okay, bad things come in threes, so what's coming next? Like, I'm always, okay, so this and this happened. Even if it's minor, like, shit, the oven set the smoke alarm off. Frick, the cat got outside. Okay, what's coming next? Like, I'm always waiting for that other shoe to drop. Right. Well, okay, going off that, like... My that parents, scared me so bad. I'm sorry. My parents, like, actually never fought. It was n- never parents. fight. Like, I think if they did fight, they kept it, you know, to themselves. Because they never wanted us to see that. And, like, I've never heard them, like, yell at each other or scream at each other. It was more like they would, you know, get angry at us. They would talk that out, and then they would come back to us and be like, all right, you know, this is what's up, you know? I wish. Like, I have this really vivid memory of, I don't know, like, I don't know what happened. Like, start, I don't know what happened. Ending, I don't know what happened. But, um, and, like, sometimes I think about it, and I'm like, well, I wonder what happened. But I've always been too afraid to ask. Um, There was this one time, it was when my mom and my dad were still together. They were still married. And I don't know what happened, Um, but my dad picked my mom up and threw her over his shoulder and, like, carried her to the bedroom. And she was like, stop, put me down, put me down, put me down. And I thought they were just joking, but I don't think they were just joking. Like. So, what do you think happened? 
Um, well, if from, you want to talk about Well, from what, from what I've lived through and what, like, she's told me, um, like, he, okay, so, another thing, um, she sleeps with the TV on, just like I do, um, like, I have to have noise, I have to have some light, because if it, if I don't, then it, like, the darkness creeps me out, like, I'm not afraid of the dark, but being, like, completely, like, isolated in the dark, creeps me out like I can't see like I have to be able to see and like she does it and I don't know why I do it but you've been there when you've tried to wake me up and like I wake up and it's that fight or flight where like if you don't stand back you're gonna get punched so I think what happened is they got into some sort of disagreement and he like went in the other room and like beat the shit out of her or like you know did something I don't know I don't know Um, but there have been times when they were still married that he, like, she would be sleeping and it would be dark and he would, like, punch her in her sleep. And then she'd be like, what the hell? And he'd be like, oh, what are you talking about? So that's why she sleeps with the TV on with light so she can see. And now she lives out and up north. So it's kind of just like that you have to, like, it's, it makes the house feel not so empty, that kind of thing. Like, I'll have the TV on, or, like, when I'm cooking, I'll have a TV show running, so that way, like, it doesn't make me feel like I'm so alone, because, to be, to-, to be honest, I don't like to be alone. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I grew up around fighting a lot, so, there were, uh, like, I mean, I, there were, there were times where I was just, you know, I mean get get in between and just be like why why the why are we arguing this like why why are you guys arguing this is stupid or like stop like you know that that type of that type of thing mm-hmm. and i mean so I, like i mean i it always come back come back on me and then i'd always get yelled at told to stay out stay out of it know my place that type of shit yeah but yeah my dad I mean, always said you are to be seen and not heard I wish a motherfucker said that to me. Like, no, you're going to hear me, bitch. So now that we've gotten older and, like, we don't talk to him anymore, me and my brother both collectively, like, he has his reasons, I have mine. Um, and they're very valid reasons. And I won't get into it because, I mean, it's pretty private. But there's a bug. Um, <laughs> so, um, well, before we get into it, um, do you want to have a little pocket of peace, Gino? pocket of peace a pocket of positivity what's a pocket of peace pocket of positivity you make a joke i make a joke yeah like we did when i told the story about oh, my alcoholic sober i get you i get you <laughs> um you can tell like a lame ass joke it doesn't matter damn i don't really have any jokes i mean the only joke that i really i really have is having to get done with certification shit in two days but i mean that's not really a joke that's more of like a, you're, you're a fucking idiot okay asmr liz is chewing it's <laughs> <laughs> free real estate <laughs> okay so now that we're done with that so um, now when we are older, going back to what we did before the little pocket of positivity, um, acknowledging, or I'm sorry, when they don't acknowledge your trauma or put their own spin on it, or they don't, or they deny it. So like, 
my dad's always like, that never happened. I was about to say, oh, that never happened. I don't remember. Or, no, his famous sentence is, I don't recall that happening. Oh, God. And you're like, you were literally there. So I think going forward through everything that's happened, he likes to, I mean, of course he liked to put his own spin on everything, his own tail on everything, because he can do no wrong, and he is next to godliness. Um, but he'll completely deny it, and then he'll be like, you just made that up. That never happened. Like, okay, so you never, like, drug me down the hall by my hair. You never threw me on a bed. To the point where, like, he th- he picked me up and threw me on a bed one time. So hard I had internal bleeding. The fuck? Yeah. So, and, like, <laughs> this is so bad to say, but it goes into the next one. We're using your trauma or, like, abuse to provide comedic relief. So, like, when me and my brother talk about our trauma, we're like, ha, 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 and we make jokes out of it. And everybody else is like, that's not normal. Like, what the fuck? And we're just like, yeah, just jokes, right? Now, um, looking back on it, whenever I tell that story of, like, him throwing me on the bed, the only thing I can think in my head is, like, me, like, being like, boing! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Boing! Yeah, it was not a, it was not a boing moment. Um, so stemming from all of this going forward and, you know, not addressing the issues at hand, um, I view substances as, like, coping mechanisms. Oh, fuck. Who hasn't? So, like, yeah, it's not, it's not uncommon for people to, you know, be like, oh, my God, alcohol. Oh, my God, weed. Oh, my God, cigarettes. Like, you know, drugs. I've never done, like, hard drugs. I'm a firm believer in trying everything once. Okay, well, I would never try, uh, heroin. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Coke, heroin, no. But, I mean, you know. Um... So, like, with that going in, like, I've also laid in my bed for weeks, and the only reason why I've got up is to go to work or go to the bathroom and maybe eat. So, um, like, it, there's different ways to cope, but when you use something as a crutch, it's not really coping. It's just subsiding it for a little bit until you get some help. Right. Stop it. Um, and... Get some help. <laughs> um... So, and then also when something happens, you're like, yeah, that happened. Like, there should be no good reason why I'm sitting here laughing about shit that's gone on in my life. But I'm just like, yeah, like, you just play off your trauma. Like, it's no big deal. That's not okay. No. Your well, trauma is valid. Yeah. Your, your instances and your situations that you've been through are valid. So, if anybody out there tries to invalidate your trauma or your trauma responses, tell them to fuck off. Because they don't deserve your time. Healthy trauma responses. Yes. And don't, go out, don't go out and do a fucking rail of coke just because your yeah, girlfriend told you to go fuck yourself. Demi Lovato. Oh, oh shit. Oh, no, Nicole. <laughs> Demi Lovato, she didn't mean that. I still love you, baby girl. My brother. still fuck with your music and Camp Rock. Don't even, don't even fucking play. Camp Rock was so cringy. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> She's really good. She was not good. <laughs> She don't mean that. Okay. Um, for me, I find that, like, when I get, like, in one of those, like, depressive episodes, um, I overeat. And then I, like, feel bad for overeating. And I'm like, I'm just going to stop eating. 
And then, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to starve myself. And then, like, two hours later, I'm like, you know what fucking sounds good? And then I get up and go make it. Because, like, yeah, I might be chonky, but I'm not going to, like, starve myself into acceptance. Right. Because that's not me accepting me. That's other people wanting to. That's me wanting other people to accept me. And that goes back to where, um, like, I was 15 and I was dressed in a black hoodie black sweatpants I had my hair in a bun because I had just gotten done with school and I went to my dad's house and I was in like knockoff Uggs and it's on my TikTok the video um not like the actual video but like the reenactment of what happened yeah. um my dad walked out to me with confidence and told me I looked like the Michelin man I'm sorry I'm no sorry. you can go ahead and I'm laugh. sorry I'm sorry but nah that's 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 fucked up that's yeah fucked up. like I know like one of the things that he likes to make fun of is my weight like, and I know that. Like, there was one time, like, I just, I broke down and I was like, well, what the fuck? And then I was just like, well, this is who I am. Like, yes, I could eat better. Yes, I could exercise regularly. Like, that's just me being lazy for me not doing it. But at the same time, if you can't look at your kid and love them for how they are, then you don't need to be in their life because you're doing them more harm than good. Like, I'm almost 24. And that night, what he said to me, I don't remember anything else from that night. I just remember what he said to me that one night when I was 15. Like, it's shit like that that sticks with you. And when people, oh, yeah. like, he doesn't get that. He doesn't understand that. Or he doesn't want to understand that. Because that would be him validating and understanding what happened. But at the same time, admitting that he's wrong and admitting he did wrong. And he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, no. Um, that's, that's a trend I've noticed is people, not most but a pretty significant amount of people don't like to admit their fuck-ups. Yeah. Like, and I've taken, like, instances from him and instances from my mom and, like, seeing how me and my brother grew up. And, you know, I've been like, if I ever have kids, this is not how I'm going to raise them. I'm not going to, I'm going to be damned if I ever let them go through anything that I went through. And now I see, like, my brother as a father, and he is doing such a good job. And half the time, I don't even think he realizes that, that when it all comes down to it, he was a good dad. And, you know, when my niece comes to him, any one of them, they're like, I need help. He's like, okay, what do you need help with? Like, when they're assholes, he's like, hey, you're being an asshole. Like, stop it. But when they need help or they genuinely, like, he loves spending time with his kids. Our dad didn't. He loves going and doing things with them. Our dad didn't. Like, it was always, well, I did this for you, so I'm going to hold it over your head. He doesn't do that. Like, even, like... My niece is seven. The oldest one is seven. And, you know, yes, she gets in trouble. Yes, she makes mistakes. But my brother doesn't hold it over her head. Right. He doesn't go out of his way to abuse her or punish her. Like, you know, yeah, she'll get talked to. She'll get, you know, reprimanded. But it's not anything like we went through. It's not like... It's not abuse. Oh, you remember that time? Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're getting punished right now. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're getting punished for that shit you did last month. Yeah. Yeah, no. Honestly, the goal, when it comes to parenting, in my opinion, the goal, like, what I've... What I've Another carrot? Like, what my plan yes. is, or what I've seen, and what some other people have told me that have had shitty pasts with their parents, is just, just to be better than... Your we parents. were yeah. yeah be yeah you know like be be better than your parents you know like i mean if if you grew up in a household where your parents were like 
God sense and treated you like an actual fucking person and, you know, did every did everything for you, be like your fucking parents. But, you know, for those of us who grew up in a broken household or a household, de- like, delved with abuse and, like, substance, like, whether it be substance abuse, physical abuse, like, mental abuse, all that type of shit, just be better, you know? Like, I mean... Yeah, see, like, my parents were know. always just like, I'm trying to give you the life that I never had. Exactly, and that's or, the, yeah, you that's know, the since, main goal. And that's, you know. that's, since you they were, did. You were adopted, mm-hmm. they're probably like, we were trying to give you the life that you deserve. See, them being a um, gay couple, gay couples are more likely to support a family because they want one because they can't do it by themselves yeah so they want that child yeah so every child that my parents brought into the house they wanted and like they were great parents yeah like you know i did go through some shit but yeah i mean like my mom wasn't perfect by any means but she always made sure we had clothes on our back, a roof mm-hmm. over our head. Like, she was, we were living in Camp Verde, and she would drive all the way down here to Phoenix and go work overnight at the hospital, oh, you know? fuck. Yeah, because, I mean, she was working a good job, and, like, yes, it was tiresome, but, you know, she did it. And I remember this one time, um, we had just got back to Camp Verde, and it was after my dad's weekend. It was on a Sunday, and one of us was like, we're hungry, and she was like, your dad didn't feed you? And we were like, no. And we pulled into the McDonald's drive-thru, and she was always like, make it cheap. And I remember her going up to the window and, like, grabbing out a $20 bill. And as she was handing it to the lady, she was crying. And I was like, Mommy, why are you crying? And she was like, that was my last $20. Like, she always made sure that we were taken care of. Like, she wasn't always perfect. There was a lot of things that she could have done better, but she was always present. She was always there. Right. Um, she always had that philosophy of like, I'm not your, I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. And so now going into adulthood, there's things that I'm like, hmm, like I still feel like I'm gonna get in trouble for. But at the same time, like I'm an adult and we're working on that friendship. Like it's, it's probably not gonna be until I have my own kids that I'll fully understand everything. But I mean we've had our ups and our downs but i am appreciative of her and i don't know why that sticks in my head so much of her being like this is my last 20 dollars yeah and i mean i I can i can relate to that she would work to save up money and like pay all her bills and everything and she would go like she would go to work she would she wouldn't eat lunch she wouldn't you know she would go like days like two or three days without eating to make sure she had enough money for us to rent a movie get popcorn like it was the little things that mattered. like she didn't always buy us materialistic things like you can't buy memories right so you know i remember being in in bed with her and my brother we were watching a movie and like we were laughing and joking and having fun or you know we were going to walmart and i fell asleep in the back seat and my snoring was so loud that it woke me up and everybody laughed or there was one time we were all laying in the bed and i swear to god my brother pushed me out of bed but they both denied that it didn't happen he pushed me i know he did but they were like you just rolled out of bed no he pushed me like those were the good memories that i hold on to right in shitty circumstances and so like you know now like everything that i go through like you know it's all normal i mean not everything that happened back then was normal by no means 
should an eight-year-old go through what what I went through but now the way I cope with it and now like my feelings are validated and they're real and it's normal it's normal to have days where you just don't feel like getting out of bed for me it's normal to just be like well I wonder what he's doing or shit like I'm gonna go home this weekend because I miss my mom like like when I go up there and my grandpa's not there I will go and sleep with her in her bed. I'm almost 24 years old, and I will go sleep in bed with my mom. It's the best sleep of my life. Um, so, with that, do you want to have a pocket of peace? A pocket of positivity? Before we move on to the last and final. I don't know if you guys are high, but I'm fucking stoned. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Liz's pause. Pocket of positivity. Pocket of positivity. You know know what? We should trademark that. Pocket of positivity? No, we should call it Posi Pocket. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Posi Pocket. Hold on. She's gonna... Here. Weird. Okay. ASMR part three. (laughs) Okay, so how I cope. And this is going to be quick because we're running out of time. Um, So the first little nugget of how I cope. um, The toxic people that were in my life aren't in it anymore. There's no no communication. um, There's nothing surrounding myself with that. I choose to surround myself around really great people. You know, like you guys. I dive into new tasks. Oh, I'm the fucking greatest. (laughs) Okay. Um, Excuse me? So, yeah, like, and then, you know, finding things that I'm passionate about, like, um, and turning them into positive things. Like, I used to hate Halloween because whenever I would go into a store with him, he would put on masks and, like, scare me and, like, I didn't like it. But now Halloween's one of my favorite holidays because I love it. Like, I don't know. It's just I like the spooky things. I like the pumpkins. I like the pumpkin spice coffee. Like, I'm a basic white bitch when it comes to fall and Christmas. Like, I don't give a fuck. I I started decorating our house at the beginning of September. As soon, yep. as soon as it hit September, I was like, spooky, scary skeletons. Like, I just, like, I was like, okay, put this up, put this up. Um, going places alone. Like, I've learned to go places. Like, I'll be like, I'm going to go grocery shopping by myself. At first, I didn't want to. I'd be like, do you want to go? And she'd be like, I'm stoned, bitch. And I'm like, no, like, get in the car. And she's like, no. But I've learned to go places on my own. Like, I've learned to, like, drive by myself and, like, be okay with it. I've learned to be alone. And I'm not lonely. I hate being lonely. But being alone and finding something to fill the time, whether it be music, movies, going to the store by myself or, you know, going up north by myself or driving out to my brothers by myself. Like, I like those being alone times where I can, if something happens or, you know, I can reflect on it and be like, okay. Like, I talk to myself. Like, when I'm in the car? Oh, I do, too. I'm like, I have a full-blown blo- full conversation with myself. There's a bug. <laughs> Bitch, I'm like, the fifth time. Number five. Um, finding my own voice and being an advocate because the system failed me and my brother as a children. So, like, whether that be, like, me talking about my trauma and, like, now it comes out more easily. When I was younger, I didn't talk about it at all because I was so conditioned by one party that if I talked about it, I would get in trouble. And then by the other party, it was secrets are bad. Don't keep secrets from me. Like, secrets hurt people. So it was very conflicting as a child to have one be like, if you tell anybody, 
you're going to get it 10 times worse. And then me being like, well, I can't lie. And so now I don't lie unless it's like, yeah, I didn't eat that. I didn't spend that much at Hobby Lobby. Like, yeah, no. Um, Taking breaks. Um, Short periods of hibernation for me are okay. Um, I like, like I said, being alone and vibing out by myself or you know, I'll go on TikTok and spend three hours on TikTok and I don't bat three, an eye. Only three hours? I've spent so much time, but I was giving myself so much credit <laughs> there and you just <laughs> fucked it up. Because I know I'm on TikTok for like the seven hours plus. Yeah, but you won't fucking text me back from across the house. Bitch, I don't text anyone back. I'm so bad about it. I'm your best friend, bitch. Okay, but you're across the, like, But I feel, I feel so bad for bothering you. <laughs> you so know when good. I was asking her fucking work related questions she wouldn't get back to me till a good two or three days later yeah it's two to three business days for her yeah it's like an hour for me hey Liz uh, I can't really come in today I'm feeling I'm feeling a little under the weathers can you and then she texts you back and be like you're not even on the schedule for today no and you're like this was like Wednesday bro it's Saturday um Okay, and, well, thanks for calling me out on that. Okay. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. I don't get back to people, okay? Well, maybe yeah. you should fucking learn. Well, I'll especially, try. Especially okay. now that we're in the second episode of the podcast, so if somebody tries to message you and you don't answer them, well, they're going to Well, they have steal. to message them. But not me. Oh, well, this is going to be a whole <laughs> fucking thing now. Oh, my fuck. Anyway. See what you guys started. <laughs> you're making mom and mom uh, argue. <laughs> Okay. Um, So going up to before, um, talking about what I went through instead of keeping it in, like the older I've gotten, the more I talk about it and it's easier. Like if you ask me a question, I will tell you. Like I don't really hide anything. Oh no, being straight up is the best way to fucking do it. Yeah. I mean, it's helped me go, go through life and be positive about things. Like now there's another bug. Now I have another. Six. Six. I have a better outlook on things and like I'm optimistic towards the future because I don't let what happened to me or what me and my brother went through I don't let it hold me back or I try not to um helping others helps me like when people come to me with relationships like I am Dr. Phil like I will Dr. Phil the fuck out of you but I will not take my own advice yeah that's that's my problem too you know why Hmm. Coaches don't play. Or coaches right. play like shit. Right. It's like always a always a bridesmaid, never a bride. That kind of thing. Where you're like teachers Almost. or you're like, what is that? Those who can't do teach. Almost, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, although I've had sh- although I mean not I mean I don't know. My relationships were alright. They just happened to end because of something stupid. Right. Some some petty little thing. But that's neither here nor there. Um, and so the last little nugget of peace is... Um, little nugget of peace. The, well, it is a little nugget of peace. Um, I've learned over time that it's okay to not be okay all the time. Like, you can have those moments where you're just in your shower crying... And sometimes you just need a good cry. And then there's, you know, you can come out and you're like, wow, that felt really great. 
okay, time to move on. Like, it's okay to not be, like, because for so long, I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But inside, I wasn't fine. Like, there were times when Liz had to, like, this one time, she had to come in and she had to brush a knot out of my hair because I just felt like a shell of a human and I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it anymore. So I've learned to not only open up and talk about it, just finding somebody or a group of people that I trust to be able to talk about it or somebody who can relate like when I have those moments where I'm like I'm not okay I text my brother because I know more than anybody that he went through it and he was there with me going through it at the same time so he can relate um and then when I finally did get counseling I ghosted my therapist um because it was expensive but anyways we were talking one day about movies and I didn't know what he was doing he was like he was like getting in my brain without me knowing it but he was like what are your favorite movies typical shrink shit yeah and i told him and it was like the classic like oh my favorite movies like oh, jesus gibbs it was like a uh, pretty woman like sappy romance movies um occasional disney movies he was like oh like what are your what are your favorite disney movies and i was like i like pocahontas i like peter pan i like the little mermaid and he was like okay so do you want me to tell you something and i was like yeah tell me and he was like your favorite movies is an expression of you wanting what you've never gotten and i was like what the fuck which in it all dumbs down to like love like, I never, I don't want to say never, because I was loved as a child, um, but what I want out of life is, like, what those movies represent, pretty much, and so he just kind of, like, boggled the mind. Um, I mean, one of my favorite movies is Sweeney Todd, and I sure don't want to fucking kill people with a, with a straight razor. <laughs> oh my god, Logan has that fucking... Like the song list. I fucking love the songs. The songs he will listen to it. I sing them. While he's I fucking working. sing them. There yeah. was there was one time where we were watching Sweeney Todd and I had never watched it all the way through. Like I'd seen little bits and pieces, and I had to get ready and go to work because it was like what nine at night. Yeah. And I made him FaceTime me because we were watching it on what the computer. Uh no, I was here actually. Yeah, we were watching it on the computer. Yeah, on the computer, yeah. Because I had Hulu on my laptop. Um, I made him FaceTime. So I could watch the movie while I was getting dressed because I didn't want to miss anything. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, so the last little things I want to leave with anybody or everybody, anybody, you know. Um, all y'all. All y'alls. Um, so if you or somebody you know is going through um, like depression, suicidal thoughts, abuse, domestic violence, anything like that, the domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. And the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. And of course, my Instagram is always open. If you have any questions that you want me to talk about, whether it be in private on the podcast, whether you want to remain anonymous, whether you want to share your story with me, I'm always open to listen to it, hear it, you know, talk through it with you, give you advice, pointers, my perspective on it. Um, because if nobody is out there to help you and you feel like you've stumbled upon someone or something that can help you, grab it. There's a bug.
Seven. Seven. Which is how many listeners we have to this podcast. So please, please listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) For real, though. So that concludes um, the portion of the podcast. It might have taken a little longer today, but you know, shit happens. Not that much longer. Not too much. No, not too bad. Yeah. So any, uh, any closing... If you know anyone that's going through shit, don't be a cheese dick. Fucking help them out. <laughs> For real. Like, you know, everyone needs a friend. Merch. Don't be a cheese dick. <laughs> <laughs> Stickers. Stickers. We don't have merch yet. Yeah, we don't even have our Instagram up yet, but no. that's coming soon. Instagram coming soon. Yeah, it may, it may, it may, it may come later rather than sooner because you know we, we all, unfortunately, we're all functioning members of society and we all got jobs and shit. But just, uh, just give us some time. It'll, it'll, it'll be here. Most likely by the time we air the next episode, which if you didn't listen to the first podcast, we upload Tuesdays and Saturdays. And I think the next episode is going to be a Liz-centered episode. Yeah. So. Shit, I need to start writing my episode then. Yes, where have you been? You've been slacking. Like I said, I'm a functioning member of society. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, with that, we're going to close out and we're going to end it here. So until next time. Adios. Adios. Bye. We love you, fiends. Stay lifted, get twisted, motherfucker!